Greetings, mortal denizens of the doomed planet Earth, and welcome to the podcast known as Which is More. I am Xanthor, an interdimensional being born outside the confines of your reality, charged with observing and documenting all sentient life throughout the cosmos. Earth has been my latest assignment, and for the first few million years, things were pretty interesting. But I'll admit, I eventually got kind of bored and may have stopped paying attention. Sadly, even though your civilization is now crumbling, I'm still responsible for cataloging your cultural legacy. Thus, I have enlisted the services of the most generic human being I could find. American man-child, Pete Musto, to assist in my weekly adjudication, as two so-called experts argue over what is the greatest example of a given aspect of the human experience. This week, our experts are Brittany Carney and Sam Ike. Brittany is a comedian who has appeared on Season 7 of Comedy Central's Featuring Series and has performed on the Rogue Island, High Plains, and New York Comedy Festivals. Sam is also a comedian who has been featured on NPR's You're the Expert, Sirius XM's The Check Spot, and the Bechdel cast on How Stuff Works. He's also performed on The Limestone, Big Sky, and Second City NBC Universal Breakout Comedy Festivals. If you enjoy the impassioned squabbling you are about to hear, please subscribe to Which Is More with Pete Musto and Xanthor on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. And follow us at Which Is More Podcast on Instagram and Which Is More One on Twitter. Now, Please enjoy the only podcast that aims to identify everything about humanity worth saving as the end of the world rapidly approaches. All right, everybody, welcome back to Which Is More. I'm your host, Pete Musto. We got two great comics here to talk about a great topic. Uh, Sam Ike. Hello. And Brittany Carney. Hello. I say great topic because this one is not one I would have thought of on my own. And so I'm very excited to hear your opinions about this. Um, Heartthrobs. Why do you think heartthrobs are worth preserving in the ultimate record of human civilization? Well, so to further human civilization, like to further human civilization and therein um, reproduction it's important to experience feelings of lust and libido, even if they're not projected on or and inserted into another human that will ultimately make more life. So that's why um, the government said in like the late nineties that, you know, when everyone in this generation will go through puberty, they're going to launch this sort of like big cultural heartthrob regime that coincided are becoming um, fertile adults. And yeah, I don't know. I just don't know 
if we didn't if we don't if we didn't have heartthrobs to like experience attraction i don't know if we would want to become reproductive adults later and that's why i think they're important i believe that we have to preserve what exactly exactly what Brittany was saying we have we have to show what was important in the early 2000s pre-internet <laughs> and before before social media what where you got your news was you know magazines with these heartthrobs on mm-hmm. hard-hitting news exactly you know so like we we got to preserve the news like we, you know like what are you gonna do you're gonna you're gonna not have like anything important from the 2000s like <laughs> yeah the peak the peak to the 2000s were like peak peak humanity exactly it's like you get rid of heartthrobs then you might as well just throw away the whole 90s so what like people putting sweaters over their over their waist is like just gone that's just gonna not be a part of human human civilization no you gotta keep the heartthrobs Yes, in my species there are, in fact, heartthrobs as well. There was, of course, Jan Thor of Scrablulia, who had not a four or a six-pack, but a fifty-eight-pack. He was chiseled, as you say, out of marble, and considered quite the sexually attractive creature by many, let alone by the fact that he drooled acid and had a skull that protruded out of his skin. Xanthor, I think you're confusing about what a heartthrob is supposed to be. Uh, drooling acid and having a bony head does not seem like things people would find appealing. But hey, that's a human talking. People love marble, though. Yeah, it's true. Been carving shit out of it for years. So, But to d- define our terms before we go any further, I just want to say for anybody who is not felt a tingling in their loins when they walk past the glossy magazine aisle in a supermarket. I wanted to define what a heartthrob is. So I went to the best source possible, urbandictionary.com. And they what, what they listed several definitions, one being um, an entry from March 24th, 2017, that said, heartthrobs are very good looking guys that all the girls swoon over. Also known as South Korean boy bands named BTS. Ah. Seven members who grace us with their perfection on a daily basis. That makes me wonder. Is wait is hard so a heartthrob is inherently masculine? I think that's what they're suggesting that it is boys. Yeah, uh, partic- why is that? I I mean there there could be female heartthrobs, but like I think that's there's a different term for that. Kind of like um, femme fatale, not femme fatale. What's or like bombshell? Bombshell. I was going to say bodacious babe, which like no one has ever said. <laughs> no, I mean, if we are sticking to like the, the idea that nine or like nineties, two thousands were like peak humanity. Bodacious babe was a pretty, that was a pretty common thing back then. If you're like Carmen Electra. Yes. She, yeah. She is the definition of a bodacious babe. I feel like, I feel like babe was always, I thought I, I babe would yeah it felt like something you said about someone you didn't know but you you knew you knew her yeah like you in know, high like, school like the hot girl yeah yeah uh, yeah yeah in yeah. high school it was like a hot girl and then i think like when it's a famous person it was a babe mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, yeah yeah whereas like if it was like 
in high school they were a hunk and then <laughs> when, and then when you became an adult they became a hot throw uh, yeah <laughs> true it's like a pokemon evolution yeah. Of, yeah. <laughs> you upgrade you upgrade um well also i this is because urban dictionary always gives like multiple definitions um there was a run another really ridiculous definition of what it is just below the one i just read and that was from a a july 2008 entry that said a heartthrob is a male with tons of bitches on jock always wanting his cock he may attempt a girlfriend but it won't last for for long for this animal cannot be contained with one vagina. <laughs> always, always smooth and good looking, but never cocky. You may pretend you don't find him attractive, but you know you do. That's awesome. That wow. is, oh, wow. Yeah, this post had 141 upvotes, so. Who is that for? That, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that, not just to me. Sam, user Sammy FGT really, like, had some strong opinions. Um, <laughs> but also Cambridge English Dictionary defines it as a famous man, often a singer or an actor right. who's attractive to many women. So, like you say, like, uh, a hot guy in high school is just a hot a hunk. But you have, once you become famous, then you're a heartthrob. Yeah. Okay. So you have to have like a certain level of notoriety, I feel like. Yeah, yeah. You couldn't have like a heartthrob in like your eighth grade English class like that. Right. That what? Wait, but even, okay. I don't even think that's a hunk. I think that's like a hottie. So that's beta level. Okay. Where does stud rank? Is stud above or below hunk or hottie? Ooh. Yeah. I wonder. I... I think a stud, and I think of someone who's like strong. Like I, a hard yeah. dog to me, you don't necessarily think of like maybe they. You imagine a six pack, but you're not thinking of like a muscular person. Like stud feels muscular, but I, I don't. Yeah, yeah. Like Freddie Prince Jr. was a heart draw, but like a stud is like um the like Dwayne Johnson. <laughs> yeah. You got to be ripped to be a stud. Yeah, okay, yeah. cool. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. That, that makes sense. That I mean, I'm following the, uh, that tracks. But what what I I think is interesting though is that like I read this article from Huffington Post that makes an interesting point that I really disagree with because it seems to focus more on the fact that somebody is like famous rather than good looking to become a heartthrob. So this is from an article. From uh, titled Anthony Fauci and other men we've never we never knew we'd love until 2020. This art, the article says more than 28,000 people have signed a petition to make Dr. Fauci People Magazine's sexiest man alive. And writing about our collective Fauci fetish, The Atlantic explained that the times of crisis often breed infatuation with authorities who can provide guidance and soothe anxiety. Or as a Twitter user put it more simply, can't tell if Dr. Fauci is actually sexy or I'm just desperately horny for good leadership right now. Um, I don't like this because Dr. Anthony Fauci is not hot. I don't think that you can list him as sexiest man alive. You got to base that purely on looks. Okay, so this is where I I I can kind of, I can see this point because I think Fauci being considered sexy is like more of a 
That's more, that's that, like, it's like almost the same kind of thing of like Marilyn Manson being like sexy. It's like, there's an, <laughs> a, there's a, there's an appeal because it's so different than the norm. And it's a part of your life now. Like, oh, <laughs> yeah. Right, right, right. I mean, I, I personally, I think he looks kind of like, uh, like the black sheep of the Keebler elf family that like decided to like help people oh, rather yeah. than like, you know, <laughs> ruin their teeth or make them fat. Um, I, but yeah, I, I understand that. Like the Marilyn Manson thing, he's a weird guy who may or may not be able to suck his own dick. <laughs> I, you know, I, I mean, it, it makes sense. All the heartthrobs of my species intentionally please them themselves sexually for public attention. <laughs> well, uh, I mean, sucking your own dick when you drool acid is kind of a complicated proposition. But um, there's another good article, though, that I read that this that kind of like breaks down heartthrobs into different categories, which is an article from the BBC that was titled Timothy Chalamet and Hollywood heartthrobs through the ages. Oh, So like this article came up with like the main heartthrob for like various decades and i'm gonna i want to hear you guys give me your take on them okay so each decade also has its own like type of heartthrob and um 1930s it was the salt of the earth tough guy like clark gable from gone with the wind okay yep you know i i feel like that he's the guy he's like frankly Frankly, i don't don't give a a damn damn. you know there was like a toughness and like um sensibility of telling a woman to go fuck herself i guess that really really appealed to people back then <laughs> caught people by the heart and loin string yeah. <laughs> um you know it also says that he was tall square jawed okay. and plain spoken he also had a lo- clark label also had a love for the outdoors which i still think is pretty pretty standard of uh heart thubs. but then we have 1940s was the crooner frank sinatra Oh um, yeah, okay. Okay. I, I, he's kind of, he does look kind of skinny and. Yeah, he was a small man actually. If you look at movies with Frank Sinatra, he, like, was a kind of as a man of like more petite stature, but he obviously had like that big crooner energy that I think registered as like mm-hmm. big and masculine and sexy. Ooh, so, I did not know that. Yeah. Whoa. I mean, also, they called him old blue eyes because he had these, like, piercing blue eyes. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I, 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 obviously, I think it's a generational thing. I, I could give or take Frank Sinatra. But 1950s, it was the rebel, like Marlon Brando. Brando, I feel like that's, like, where I really feel like we're getting into heartthrob territory because, like, he was he was kind of a stud because he was, like, you know, big and burly, but he also had like emotional depth and like also like a political consciousness. Wait, can I just say something? This is interesting to me because it's like from this like evolution you're talking about Mm -hmm. because the kind of heartthrob you're talking about in the 30s, like square jawed, it's like pragmatic, pragmatic, like gets you through your like Hoover, your Hooverville, like you're like, (laughs) you know, uh, it's someone who you want to recover the depression with. And then like the forties, um, it makes sense. Like that was the rise of big band and this like new kind of stylized masculinity. And then what did you say? Marlon Brando? Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of cool because the fifties were so culturally conformist. So you can think like, like rebel bad guy. I think it's, you can see how that 
became popular. Yeah. I mean, the, so this is from that the same article that actually is, it says gossip columnist Hedda Hopper wrote in 1952, in any group of women, the name Marlon Brando acts like a flash fire, but admittedly, he certainly wasn't to everyone's taste. Hopper recounted that some of her friends found him, quote, vulgar and his bohemian style of dress, jeans, a t-shirt and moccasins made him look scruffy. That's also a... Uh, jeans, a t-shirt, and moccasins are uh, a style choice that I don't think has aged well. Um, <laughs> moccasins in general, like, do, do people really wear those? I think they do. I think straight guys, I think, I think people wear, do you, you know what I'm talking, I think, like, guys who are, it's like a pretty norm core kind of, like, mm-hmm. sensitive bro thing to have, sure. not like, uh, not like, I know, do you mean, like, um, do you mean they don't age well because they're, like, Native American inspired? Uh, I mean, you could say that, but I was really just thinking like moccasins are just like a weird shoe choice for like. I think it's like a home shoe, like an L. Okay. Yeah. I think people like they lounge in them, but I don't think you see people out in them. Right, right, right. So I feel like guys who are like, we're like business majors, but they're into literature. Mm -hmm. They have like Sherpa lined moccasins to wear in their home. Right, (laughs) right. And wear t-shirts and jeans. Yeah, it's something you wear in front of a fake fire pit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> it's kind of kind of the equivalent of like the like the Pendleton or like the mm-hmm. you know like a po- an unironic poncho. Yeah. <laughs> but um, coming up in the to the next um, generation of of heartthrob is in the 1970s. It was the straight up He Man, like Richard Roundtree or Burt Reynolds. Oh, yeah. So. I mean, I, that that's also like Burt Reynolds is where we um, I feel like we get into the territory of like a heartthrob is what your dad looks like. Sure. Like chest hair, mustache. Um, the shirt is like buttoned down to a point where plenty of the chest hair is exposed. Or a sensible turtleneck. Mm. I just looked up a picture of Burt Reynolds and that's why. But I see what you're saying. <laughs> mm-hmm. it's, it's like dad, but not dad bod, but just dad. Oh, no, no, no. Not like, I I, I, I mean, I, maybe I'm overstepping my bounce here, but is dad bod gross? I, I don't no, understand. No, I think it's just, it. it got, it just got, um, I think dad bod is an idea that got kind of like, I don't know, fetishized or like charming dies. It's like later as a reaction to later heartthrob trends that were more like, um, like, what do you call like six packs normative. So I feel like when I looked at Burton Reynolds and you're talking about the seven day seventies ideas of what your dad looked like, it's like kind of strong, like strong and hairy, mm-hmm. not dad bod because that's later. That's like a bit 2010s. Yeah. I always think of dad bod as like, people who want to have sex with Hank Hill. Like that's, <laughs> oh, cool. That, that's always been my thought of it. Yeah, <laughs> like, Hank Hill or Jonah yeah. Hill or... <laughs> yeah. Okay, for me, like, dad bod also is like, um, oh, man. Wait, Seth Rogen. Mm. Sure, 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 sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, I like, like Obama in 2017. Like, yeah. When he was like, when he was like, just surfing like (laughs) yeah sign me up yeah Yeah. but that's all culturally later right it's like Mm -hmm. it doesn't make sense that that would be so popular maybe in the 70s like you were talking about pete yeah Yeah. in relation to these guys 
Yeah, I think it's just Burt Reynolds was handsome and very like confident. Like you knew he, you knew he was going to be able to like handle any car and like <laughs> any, anything like, with, a, with an engine. Yeah, yeah, you knew he was going to operate like with an engine, but he wasn't like he didn't feel like in, like too imposing there was a you know there was a suaveness to like it's mm-hmm. why it's like it's like at that same time it was like the english version was sean connery you right know? right right very true yeah, yeah yeah um and but to your point though sam about um people wanting to fuck hank hill i think there's nothing funnier in king of the hill than when peggy is super horny for hank yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah. so good it's just like yes hank take me um <laughs> So after the 70s and the 80s, uh, this article says that the, that the heartthrob really was the yuppie, like the Richard Gere type. Whoa, interesting. Yeah. Okay. Like the 80s pinup was unafraid of crass materialism and vanity, happy to wear expensive shades and spend a lot on his haircut, but maintained his macho appeal through aggressively heterosexual gestures in real yeah. life and on screen. The Reagan years. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, this is like this is like country club guy, you know? Yes. Yeah. You know, you, like what, what was his name? Uh Anthony Michael Hall or or uh Anthony Andrew McCarthy, like Oh, I'm not Yeah, yeah. I, the the dude from Less Than Zero, which is yeah. like I heavily that's the one that I, I remember. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, totally. Like yeah. That kind of I I I can see that. I can see that. Also, it's like in that period, I feel like in many movies that this type of guy was like the bad guy, like in like, you know, like Caddyshack or whatever, like the stuff, like the guy with the sweater tied around his neck and like the tucked in polo and shit like that. He was the bad guy, but he was also like in real life, the hot person that like people wanted because that's what he represented, what the eighties were, you know, but Then we have in the 1990s, the turn towards the sensitive pretty boy like Leonardo DiCaprio or Jonathan Taylor Thomas, who like that's what I feel like JTT was the was the first person I ever thought of as like a heartthrob, you know, like JTT was like. In in the nineties, in the peak of heartthrobdom, he was it. Yeah, no, I would agree. Like the nineties was like when you it's like that's the beginning of like the teen beat and stuff like that. That's when know? those magazines come out that you were talking about. Right, right. And I think like, yeah, the those sensitive guys was kinda like what people Yeah, I think that was like what people were definitely into. Like I think um I think it was like, yeah, it was the Cameron Crowe movies. It was like, this mm-hmm. was, this was like the height of like romantic comedies. This was like a time when like, uh, like they had good looking guys in funny roles. Yeah. Like this is, that just yeah. started happening, you know? Yeah. Like, um, this is the late nineties, but who's the guy that was in, um, oh, it's a movie with Dre, Drew Barrymore Wait, 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 wait. Uh, crazy. It's, it's called like crazy. Oh, and the theme song is a Britney Spears song. Crazy. Oh, you're oh you're thinking drive me crazy with Melissa Joan Hart, Adrian oh, Green. Oh my god, oh. I called her Drew Barrymore. That's yeah, really yeah. funny, actually. <laughs> Sorry. The, the guy from Entourage. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The guy from Entourage. What's his name? What's his? Name? It's so obvious. Adrian. Um, Adrian Grenier. 
I think. Oh, so he's like that, right? Like he's kind of like. Mm, I actually, I don't know. I guess he he's like cute, and his role it's like a funny. He's like kind of a funny role, or he's kind of like. I guess in my memory, a loser. But yeah. um, but then my other point is that you say JTT. Dare I also suggest in this category, uh, JT himself. Oh, Justin Timberlake. Timberlake. Oh. Yeah, I feel like that, right? Because he was like kind of sensitive. Yeah, he was a he was like an updated crooner. Yeah. Had, like yes, I would I would agree with that 100. percent I think this is when we had the shift from like heartthrobs only being like from TV and movies to heartthrobs being boy bands. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because like before in the 90s and the 80s, it was like, all right, there's there's Michael Jackson, there's Prince, and there's Bruce Springsteen, and then that's it. Like, yeah. That's <laughs> like, yeah. It was pretty much just them for about 15 years. Yeah. And then, <laughs> and then and then the boy bands came in i feel like also that this is like represents the shift from like even in the 80s like even though it was like a yuppie he still had to be like they said aggressively heterosexual yeah uh, i feel like this is like the, the, this is a turn towards like where heartthrobs could be like for lack of a better term like a pussy you know like they could yeah. just be like kind of the guy that would get the shit beat out of them but was still really good looking while that happened because they can like they yeah they have this like little little like R and baby R and B R and B voice that yeah. you know what I mean mm-hmm. and yeah, they yeah. can uh, <laughs> and they can like stand in like a music video they can like their white jacket like billows it's like that kind of energy <laughs> billowing white jacket yeah definitely I like as soon as you say that my mind goes to an immediate image that I have. Um, of that, yeah. you know, I know exactly. There's like what- ten of those that are just like, um, uh, what's that? Uh, anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I hear you. Um, the last category, though, that this article has is uh, the 2010s is the Internet's boyfriend, which is Timothy Chalamet. Is is what it says. What about Adam Driver. Okay, so here's a, here's an interesting thing. Adam Driver has a little bit more of that like toughness to him, whereas like oh. I, I don't know. I mean, I, that's my yeah, opinion. That's yeah. my, you know, he's no, like I think you're right. he's a little darker. You know, he's a little like more kind of moody, yeah, broody. moody, moody, broody. Um, he's got a meme about him punching a hole in a wall. You know, like yeah, I yeah, I think where we have the like split of like adam driver is kind of the same it's like then it's it's the difference of like um the difference between like a heartthrob and like the iconic sexy leading man Mm -hmm. which i think are like two different things like there's like like idris elba wasn't famous and wasn't really famous till he was like in his late 30s but Mm -hmm. like idris elba even if he was famous in his 20s would have been more seen as like leading man hot than heartthrob like the same way as like Clooney or like Brad Pitt mm-hmm. uh, I feel like driver kind of I feel like driver Chris Evans Chris Pine they kind of fit into that kind of like that that section this is I would say this is the one negative to Chris Pine and Chris Evans I think that they want us all to call them heartthrobs you know what I mean? They want it. Oh. I feel like I feel like heart true heartthrob status comes from just being hot 
and being the loved. Heart. Yeah. Yeah. And like, not like actually, cause something will, will, uh, that's interesting about both of your choices, Josh Hartnett and Kevin Richardson is they both shied away from the spotlight. So actually one more thing before we go into those arguments. One last fact that I found that was kind of interesting is, so is from factinate.com. Uh, everybody knows the name Casanova. I'm sure like you've heard that name before in your life as like this historical heartthrob. So he had this huge life of, of, I guess, fucking just like lots of lot, having lots of sex and writing about it. This is kind of gross, but apparently Casanova lost his virginity at age 17 to his two sisters. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay. Whoa. Yeah. So, what the hell? Uh, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. It just kind of makes the whole thing, the legend of him, a lot grosser. Um, Plot twist. <laughs> yeah. I did not see that coming. <laughs> yeah. I know, me neither. <laughs> um, I thought you were going to say something like, like this is going to sound really gross, but Casanova had four balls. But like. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me, all heartthrobs of my species have more than two <laughs> testicles. <laughs> Again, Xanthor setting the record straight. Um, well, then I guess there's nothing left to do but turn to our two examples of what you guys think are the best heartthrobs to represent humans uh, for all posterity. So first up, I'm just going to ask Sam... Please tell me why. What 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 first drew you to Josh Hartnett? Oh man, I mean Hartnett was. Here's the thing about Hartnett: he consistently was very sexy, and he was constantly just being like, "Hey, yeah, I, I." He, he fit the definition of a heartthrob because he had two things going for him. He had a little bit of mystery. He had a, he kind of was a guy of the times. He was very much of like the, um, that 90s to 2000s transition of like, he kind of, he kind of seemed like the, the, the quintessential like, uh, movie star of Bush, you know, uh, mm-hmm. of that <laughs> presidency. Cause it was like, it was a little mysterious. You didn't know what was happening. There was this charming factor mm-hmm. and all of it was all kind of like happened at that time. And if you look at like all of his movies, like every one of them, it's like, he's, he's pretty masculine. He's pretty like self-aware. He's, he's, you know, um, but he's never like f- flaunting a way that's like right. Uh, it, it, it just it always feels like there's some kind of like honesty in what he's doing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he never he was like conventionally hot, but like never made you feel bad about being ugly. Right, 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 like, right, right. It was just everything he ever did was always like. It was always right on this like high brink of like excellent drama. Like you think of like like Black Hawk Down is probably the best movie he was in. Mm. But then you think of some of the other leading movies he was in. It's like Pearl Harbor was supposed to be Titanic, right? Mm-hmm. And he like that was supposed to be that like Leonardo DiCaprio moment. And it doesn't happen because 
you that know. movie sucks. <laughs> it's like universally one of the most hated movies ever. <laughs> and you think of like 40 Days and 40 Nights and that was supposed to be like the funny, sexy comedy and it, it just doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. But he made all the heartthrob movies. <laughs> for sure, for sure. I'm um, So for anybody who's never caught a glimpse of his wistful little squint, this is something I dug up from IMDb about Joshua Daniel Hartnett. He was born in St. Paul, Minnesota. He graduated from South High School, Minneapolis in June of 1996, then attended SUNY Purchase. By April of 1997, he was offered the role of Michael Fitzgerald in a short-lived American television series called Cracker, Mind Over Murder. He started off doing small plays after that and national commercials, but broke into big screen movie business into the big screen movie business with his starring roles in Halloween H20 20 years oh, later. Yeah. Uh, yes. Um, yeah. In 1998, uh, the faculty in 1998, which is, I think that's like one of my favorite hard net roles. I love, I love that movie and his character in it is great. Um, then it's Pearl Harbor. You mentioned, and then a couple other ones that I, I really enjoy lucky number 11. You guys ever see that movie? Oh, yeah. It's very good. Um, Sin City mm-hmm. and Penny Dreadful, which I think is like one of the most underrated TV shows of all time. What is that about? Penny Dreadful is like a world where literary characters of the mid 19th century, like all exist. Oh, that's cool. In London at the same time. And um, yeah, it's like a Showtime or Star series is really the first season is really fucking good. And it kind of gets worse after that. But he's great in it. Um but yeah, so he's a, he had like, like you said he he made some of the, like the wrong choices. I feel like that he was trying to make moves to be positioned to that like ultimate status of heartthrob. But he, like you said, he picked Pearl Harbor, which was a bad choice. Um, and none of the movies he ever made were real like universal smash hits. Yeah, that was the other thing, and, and like. Because he had all that, like, markers of it. Like, he was in a high school horror movie or romantic comedy. And he did, because he did Boys and Girls, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he, like, yeah, he gradually did, like, he did a movie where he was a detective with Harrison Ford. Mm-hmm. Like, Hollywood, um, Hollywood Homicide, I think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think it was called. And, like, yeah, he hit all of those, like, markers it was just like in wicker park is like a big like that's a big summation of like the the josh harnett arc you know because like wicker park is like this romantic mystery and it was like i think it might have been produced by like mtv or something like that and it, it came out in 2004 it was like it had coldplay in the trailer it was like it was i it was also like I think the same year where Helen Kruger she was in Troy, so it was like supposed to be like a it could have been like a big like Josh Hartnett movie, but it didn't like didn't like necessarily like happen. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, so a, a couple other um interesting things though about him, he's a, both a huge football and jazz fan, so he like strikes that balance of like tough but like kind of kind of cultured smart you know mm-hmm. he also like has a ton of like hottest person 
like titles to his name. So in 1999, he was chosen as one of Teen People Magazine's 21 Hottest Stars Under 21. Uh, in 2002, he was one of Teen People's 25 Hottest Stars Under 25. And in two, also in 2002, he was one of People Magazine's 50 Most Beautiful People. And then in 2003, um, he was voted PETA's sexiest vegetarian in the world. Damn right. Yeah. Damn right. I mean, I also think like he is kind of the definition of like what a uh, stereotypical vegetarian is. You know, he's like vaguely cultured, vague, like skinny, slender, handsome, like this is what like uh, uh, a red-blooded American thinks a vegetarian looks like. He's like fucking Josh Hartnett. You know? <laughs> I could kick that guy's ass. Um, and I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm not knocking vegetarianism, but he's like, if people used to think that Burt Reynolds was a heartthrob, I'm sure they're incredibly upset that he was named 25 hottest stars under 25. You know what I mean? <laughs> just like not a... No, but I think that's just part of the evolution of Heartthrob because, like, Josh Reiner was on the like he was on the he was on the um, the come up of like famous vegans. You know? Yes, <laughs> yes. He he like bro- he broke ground where everybody else yeah, like yeah. kind of riding his his fucking veganism wave. Um, also, from two thousand four to two thousand six, he was the boyfriend of Charlotte of Scarlett Johansson. So oh, that is cool. Yeah, uh, good for him. He's dating ScarJo. Good for him. Um, a couple of quotes from him from him though are pretty intense. I I like he 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 kind of like embodies like what we're talking about. He like doesn't really like the stardom. Um, he just is kind of forced. It's kind of foisted onto him. But in uh, 2002, he said, "Be honest with yourself and lie to everyone else," <laughs> which is great. What I a great that. yeah. What a great Life motto. Yeah, seriously, like. Fuck, like, he gives no bones. He's like, I am a mystery to all of you. Yeah, yeah. See, it just makes it all all the more interesting. He had that Robert Pattinson thing. It's like, I don't know what he's thinking. Yeah. He did, but with shoulders, which is like, that's, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. He also said, making people laugh is hard, especially for someone who is not happy. It's like, <laughs> wow, man. You're depressed too. You got, you're like kind of hitting all the marks in terms of like, oh, you're moody, you're secretive, you have (laughs) like, you know, you're kind of sad. But he, a couple other things about him, he was approached several times to play the role of Superman in the early 2000s and he turned it down. I I remember that. He was supposed to be in like Brett Ratner's Superman. Mm hmm. Yep. <laughs> um, which I, I never understand. Like, if you're this kind of guy, like, why would you turn a role like that down? You're like, oh, I'll be like Superman forever. Great. Um, last thing about Josh Hartnett is that he's also, like I said, he's got kind of got a social conscience type of dude. He was, as I think, as you mentioned before, he was involved in Barack Obama's second campaign as well as a USAID and ad council council campaign to bring awareness to East Africa's drought. And um, so I dude dude is at least like using his heartthrob status to do some good in the world. Yeah. Yeah. That's see humanitarian. Amazing. 
<laughs> so, all right, then make your case, Sam. Why do you think he should stand as the ultimate representation of what a heartthrob is? Uh, the main case is like he fits all the criteria and he is like the quintessential like leading man who is that combination of sexy, sensitive, and good at what he does. I mean, I think we've made the case just by listening the great filmography of The Hartnett. 30 Days of Night, not a great movie, but I'll fucking watch it any single time it comes oh, out. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. He, the, the other thing about Hartnett is he made, like, a lot of those great, like, TNT movies. Those things that you just, like, you'll see, like, parts of it and you never... You don't remember like all the way through the like those films, but you've seen them, you know. Like yeah, it's like like cooking television, like TV that you put on where you're like making a meal. You don't have to watch or even like listen to. Really, you can just like you just need to have something on the background. Yeah, it's uh, it's like blast from the past, cool intentions, like those. <laughs> yes. So now look, going to the other side of our debate, we have Kevin Richardson as the other candidate for heartthrob to end all heartthrobs so Brittany, can you just tell us real quickly first what drew you to kevin richardson yeah so i like as opposed to being drawn to the backstreet boys uh in which kevin richardson belonged and performed i was like a big nsync fan i had nsync posters and I uh, went to an NSYNC concert uh, in seventh grade. I did not feel so attached or connected to the Backstreet Boys. However, I always thought that of them, Kevin Richardson was the most intriguing and attractive. And even though, um, like, Nick Carter, Brian Luttrell, they were more, like, straightforward, kind of square-jawed. Actually, I don't even know if Nick Carter is that particular ilk. But anyway, so I thought that Kevin Richardson looked interesting in this kind of, like, um, like older, melancholy way. And, and something that I just figured out that's kind of cool is earlier you made this point about how, like... Um, is that Chris Pratt is someone who like wants to be seen as a heartthrob, so it's like harder mm-hmm. to actually buy him as a heartthrob. But like in contrast, like Kevin Richardson is someone who is always kind of the underdog, or not. Maybe that's not the right phrasing. He like wasn't concerned with being a heartthrob. So when I looked his name up just now on Google, the first thing that came up when I typed in Kevin Richardson was not Kevin Richardson, former Backstreet Boy, but in fact, the first hit is. Somebody known as the Lion Whisperer, (laughs) Um, a South African YouTuber who has a unique relationship with Africa's apex predator. So my point is like, yeah, he's so sort of unsung as a heartthrob that when you look up his name, he's not the first person. There's like a lion uh, affiliate that comes up and <laughs> he's, not, he's not the top Google that just you're really makes him me respect his heartthrob uh, state like stature even more mm-hmm. um, alright well for, for I, I guess like most of the world who needs uh, some context for who this guy is Kevin Scott Richardson, according to Wikipedia, who was born in October 3rd, 1971. He is an American singer, songwriter, actor, and model, best known as a member of the vocal group, the Backstreet Boys. 
Richardson was inducted into the Kentucky Music Hall of Fame, actually, along with his cousin and bandmate Brian Luttrell um, in April, on April 10th in 2015. But not the whole group? No, I mean, I guess he's from Kentucky. Uh, so, like, he, like, he, like, got special nod as being, like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Kentucky's best output, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, according to IMDb, he is the oldest member of the Backstreet Boys. He's, so, he's got kind of this, like, a little bit of a connection to the the dad uh, notion, dad bod notion of what a, a heart, heartthrob is, like the Burt Reynolds kind of older masculine type of person. Um, he joined the Backstreet Boys, though, about a year after his dad died of cancer in 1991, which... Oh, my God. Yeah, so he's got this kind of, like, tragic backstory. That's reflected um, in the coats he wore. Yeah, the billowing white no, ones. No, 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 no. <laughs> like, I'm sure it was in his job description to wear a billowing white coat, but I'm talking about, like, kind of my image of him at award shows, like, if he was on the red carpet, was, like, a long, dark coat. Like a pea... Co- like a... Uh, something like that. Like a, um... Like, kind of wool... Mm-hmm. <laughs> like a felted mm-hmm. like navy and he would I don't know <laughs> to me it's like he is the sad one <laughs> the sad one <laughs> that is a, a, like you get that's the label you get stuck with you're like there's the hot one the like the sexy the I don't know what another adjective is actually the hot one the sexy one the smart one and the sad one yes. um, the capitalist okay yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I guess the equivalent on like the Spice Girls was posh and she was like she was like the the rich one <laughs> yeah the rich one. also not a great yeah not a great label oh, yeah. uh, oh, actually this is kind of relevant because i have to say like baby spice was like the infantilized one and that yeah. richard kevin richardson was not he was not the infantilized he, one right yeah he's he like the, the inverse, inverse yeah the complete yeah so a couple of random Kevin Richardson facts that I, I I found though from an Angel Fire website that seems to be entirely dedicated to Kevin Richardson facts is one thing is he scratches his left eyebrow in between songs and performances. Okay, King. Yeah, <laughs> he's it's it's a great thing that somebody's like, oh, this is worth documenting. Like we got to know that. That means he has empathy. Right. Right. Yeah, it also means he does it so much that someone's like, hey. He does that a lot. <laughs> What's going on with that guy? Yeah. <laughs> um, also, apparently, Kevin chills out sometimes by getting into the bath, lighting some incense, and thinking. Oh, my God. See, that's what Adam Driver, like, kind of wants to be. No, maybe... No, he, I'm just trying to make connections across this, like, web of heartthrobs we've made. Mm-hmm. But I feel like Kevin Richardson did that back then in like 97 and it was okay and it was celebrated yes yes if he had if it was like now and if he had instagram live like if they were (laughs) the backstreet boys were popular now he could do lives from the tub oh man but he didn't have that no no um also i don't know if he would want it i think he would want to actually think in private which is kind of the point yeah no i think he 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 definitely like he shared that detail about his life, but he does not want you to see it in practice. But 
He also apparently calls the boys in the band in the middle of the night and puts on silly voices, which is a great, like, that's his, like, camaraderie with. That's so cute. He is the dad. Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) He is. That's like such a dad thing or like fun uncle. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. But not too fun. <laughs> well, that's, that's, that kind of ties into like the final thing I wanted to say about him is that um, there's a, an article I read from The Cut from 2019 that's, that was titled, I think about this a lot, how Kevin was the hottest Backstreet Boy. And uh, this this is from the article. It says, there was a moment toward the end of the 2015 documentary, Show Him What You're Made Of, in which Kevin, the paternal peacemaker, the diplomatic daddy, serves as a mediator. (laughs) That's exactly what he is. He serves as a mediator between Brian and Nick, who are still, all these years later, fighting for the lead vocalist spotlight. Yeah, hearing you, there's like nothing sexier than being a mediator. Like That's what you want in a heartthrob. Um, Though, I mean, we are venturing into Fauci territory, I feel Mm -hmm. like. But the thing is, uh, Kevin has the hots to back it up. So it's, it, it may, it's, it's good in my eye. But yeah, so he was, they were, apparently he was fighting. Nick was angry because nobody was being honest with Brian about the fact that his voice isn't what it used to be. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow, um, wow, wow. Carrying a couple decades worth of second best baggage in his pulsing neck veins. Brian what? is angry because his voice was weakened and with it, his stature in the band. <laughs> Kevin That's Collins so tragic. Then. No, Kevin calms them, though, but the band is still glowering as they cut to footage of them years earlier singing the national anthem a cappella at a hometown high school hockey rink before they were still famous. So, yeah, I mean, that's 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 the vibe is that uh, Kevin Richardson is this dude who's like the gentle, gentle giant in terms of like being this very famous, sexy icon who just is also a dude who would like be good to his bros. Yeah, Daddy. You can tell he has like pet rabbits or something. Yeah, precisely. <laughs> well, um, before we go any further, though, let's take a second to listen to a clip from a broadcast from a few years ago of a unusual competition in which a certain category of genteel man compete against one another to determine who is the most handsome and gentlemanly. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much and welcome back to the Monsieur America competitive pageant. The only competitive pageant for dandies and gentlemen and fops to determine who is the most handsome dashing land across the land. Of course, it's been a tough year here in 1997 and the competition has been quite stiff. The bikini competition was in fact quite difficult as it broke out in a fist fight. Now there are only two competitors left. Who will be, Monsieur America? The only way to determine is a battle of wits, and as most beauty contestants uh, asked what they wish for and they answer world peace, we will now ask you Clementine Deville and Wilkins Patois. How would you plan on achieving world peace? Well, world peace, okay. Well, I would say, uh, to start, for, of course, uh, we would wake up uh, at the meeting for world peace. Have maybe a soft-boiled egg with some uh, brie, a couple grapes, and, uh, of 
course, then get to rinsing the filth from us and uh, sit down in our overcoats to begin drafting legislation. And if there's a draft, of course, we'll shut the window. But I think uh, a balanced breakfast would be a a start, uh, followed by achieving what it is uh, we are thinking. I've never had a problem not achieving what I was thinking. Usually I'm thinking of a nice cup of tea, and then it arrives. Thank you. Well, you see, the way that I would achieve peace is really quite simple. Um, after inviting all of the various world leaders over for a few rounds of squash in order to demonstrate my dominance, I could, uh, then just go directly into punching all of them in the face, uh, giving them noogies, swirlies, and other sort of, uh, toilet assaults that we would use on the nerds, uh, around uh, Phyllis Exeter School. Well, moving each of you, but of course there can be only one. So as the judges now rank you, four, two, one, and five, five, four, the winner clearly is Dubois. Of course, an unusual tactic to achieve global harmony and love, but of course, who are we to judge? You are now Monsieur America, and you have equal power as the entire executive, legislative, and judicial branches of government. We all now bow to you, Monsieur America. Before we go any further, guys, let's just have final arguments for you. Um, you know, why do you feel like, in the end, your choice is better? Josh Hartnett versus Kevin Richardson. Any parting words before Xanthor makes his final decision? I would say this. I think when you think of a heartthrob, there's no, there's no thing where there's no check mark that Josh Hartnett does not hit. And he has just the right amount of fame and interesting to to be the 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 quintessential guy. And like you know, he he's done it all. He's been a vampire. He's been a soldier like three times. He's been a uh, he's he's been a criminal. He's been a guy who's just like trying to figure it out, you know. And he's also played a. Uh, High school kid running away from death. That's pretty much it. Mm-hmm. That's like kind of encompasses the whole human experience. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. What do you think, Brittany? Why, why is it Kevin Richardson over Josh Hartnett? It's like Josh Hartnett. It's like, okay, obvious, like, um, like... What is what did I do? Just like uh, type in what's an obvious heartthrob and Josh Hart and Hartnett pops up. Yeah, you know um, Kevin Richardson once performed as Aladdin. I guess when he was working for Disney and Josh Hartnett could not be Aladdin. Like Kevin Richardson could basically, I guess, did essentially what uh, brownface. And the thing is that you know, <laughs> you know that if he was called out on that today that he would have a really thoughtful response and he was tigger and he was an intermutant turtle a teenage <laughs> 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 
Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. I don't know which one, but it could have been any because he also sort of passes as Italian. And Dark <laughs> Turnit doesn't have that sort of like wide um, range of talent and um, and community that Kevin Richardson does. And I also, I'd like Kevin Richardson, he could be my daddy and he could be my dad in two ways. And Dark Turnit, <laughs> it's like maybe he's the guy. It, that at school once <laughs> Fair enough. I, but I would also say like with Richardson one I think to be a heartthrob you have to at least be like one of the you have to be the first Google search <laughs> I think that Touché. I think you have to be the first Google search and then I would also say Hartnett has that he has a squint right so he had like an iconic like look to him whereas like when you think of Richardson it's like <laughs> like you you think of like you think of like a guy in the background of like a Tim Burton movie like he's like <laughs> he's like <laughs> he, 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 he's he's like he you know if you had to like if you took all the Backstreet Boys and you were like, oh yeah, and then you just were like, hey, which one's uh, which one's the guy who, um, which one's the goth? And <laughs> they'd be like, oh yeah, it's Kevin Richardson. So like to me, it's like you want to see Kevin Richardson's like the dark heartthrob, sure, like the okay, like dare I say that if Tim Burton, because I feel like Josh Hartnett, you know, Superman, but it's like oh snooze fest, but but. Superman. He looks like Superman. Dare I say that if Tim Burton did Superman, Kevin Richardson would be a topic. He'll come out of retirement. So I feel like they actually have some. Like that's how I see they. That's how. That's where I see them connect on this grid. Enough bickering. I have made my choice. The heartthrob that will represent heartthrobs for all time shall be. Kevin Richardson. Okay. Ah, damn. <laughs> you want someone who has a somewhat quiet paternalism, yet also a mysterious sexuality to them to be your heartthrob. Sam, it was an honor to work with you. <laughs> and you, <laughs> Thor. Also, in the Josh Hartnett movie, The Faculty... He blatantly murders an alien, which I just cannot stand by. That's fair. That is fair. Thank you once again for giving legitimacy to our endeavor by committing around an hour of your time that you can never get back. Though in the grand scheme of celestial history, that doesn't even really mean much anyway, does it? For more from Brittany, Follow her at Brittany underscore Corndog on Instagram and at Brittany R. Carney on Twitter. For more from Sam, follow him at TheSamIke on all social media. Our theme music was composed by at Yogi Danoff. Our special segment was produced by the Midnight Gardeners League, who you should follow at Midnight Gardeners on Instagram and at 12AM Gardeners on Twitter. This episode was produced by my co-host, Pete Musto, who you can follow at TryTheLandCrab on Twitter and at BadassWizard on Instagram. Finally, we humbly request once again that you please subscribe to Which Is More on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, 
or wherever you get your podcasts. Please give us a five-star rating and write a review. Follow us at More Podcast on Instagram and More one on Twitter. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions for guests or debate topics, please email us at witchesmorepodcast at gmail.com. And never give up hope that your favorite things about being human will make the cut and last forever, long after you're nothing more than cosmic dust. An MGL production.